two, one. Welcome to the Shoebox Show. This is Keegan Van Hook, your host, and joining me tonight is Stephen Papele, Kenny Carter, Sydney Cook, and just there on the jaw harp, Brandon, um, what, what's Kelsey. your last name? Cass- Kelsey. Kelsey. Brandon Kelsey, everyone. <laughs> Brandon is a, a track runner. Um, you also, what's your major again? Uh, emerging Media and Digital Arts. Oh, okay, cool. Very very similar to my own then. Um, yeah, he's he is here. How are we all doing? Was it a, has good. it been a good? Fairly solid. Fairly solid? Yes. It's good. Great day. Great day, everyone. Good. I, I thought I had a lab due tomorrow. Turns out it wasn't due tomorrow. Nice. So that's nice. Shit, yeah. Well... <laughs> Well, now it's ruined. <laughs> now it's ruined. Because someone's yeah. knocking. Let's just... Okay. Turned out that the knock at the door was the uh, Mormon missionaries once again. Four, all four of them. Two new ones this time. As Kenny said, I, I think this may be their, their training location. <laughs> yeah. They, they wanted to know how, uh, if I had taken a look at the Book of Mormon, I told them, we talk about it quite a bit around here. <laughs> <laughs> not, not about what's in it, but mainly the, its quality. The, yeah, the, it's print, like the print quality is impeccable. I'm looking at it right now, and it's like super well. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, nice. It's one very step, nice cover. It's like one step sure. away from being leather. Not man. sure about <laughs> the internal contents. However, the book itself feels nice in yeah. hands, you like know. i said it, it really is no crazier than any other like holy text in terms guess, of what it contains i guess yeah. so. it, it feels weird because we're not used to it but if it was like 300 years older we'd be like oh that's a normal religion just like catholicism or islam mm-hmm. or judaism mm-hmm. like all of those religions feel normal because they've existed for so long but yeah. you really look at them on an objective level they're all just like really crazy and full of all this like insane magic stuff just like the book of mormon and so, I don't know. They're all, like, equally batshit as well as applicable in my mind. I don't know. It's a tangent. Honestly, <clears throat> like, Seventh-day Adventists are newer than Mormons. Yeah. And, like, Seventh-day Adventists are treated pretty pretty casually, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's like, to me, it's say what you want about, like, the political sides of, of churches. Like, you know, Catholicism has a huge amount of problems with its politics. Mm-hmm. But then... Uh, you can flip it over and just look at its like spiritual side and then that's where you sort of find things that are just a lot more interesting and I guess less easy to say whether or not they're good or bad because I mean both of them contain some really yeah. insane stuff yeah. <laughs> I mean like the the base very ground level of pretty much every religion is great it's like be a good person and you'll succeed in life and then it's all the shit that is piled on top that makes it weird. Yeah, and that's pretty much the case with all of the all of the books. Like, yeah. you know, the Christian Bible has so much really cool stuff in it, but you kind of have to like sift through all of this really bizarre stuff. Like, okay, the whole book of Leviticus. Whoa, that's a bizarre place to be reading. You can just kind of I feel like that you could just sort of throw out because it doesn't have much to do with like the core like tenant of of what actually it all means you know it's mm-hmm. like as you said it's always the core of every religion kind of ends up being I the same thing i actually yeah. have no idea what's in leviticus other than like the two pages everyone uses in arguments it's lo- it's the one where uh obviously it's the one that yeah. says it's sinful to um like engage in homosexual activities um but it also just contains like a ton of super specific rules about behavior yeah, and, yeah. Well, it's, just, it's most of the rules in leviticus can be interpreted as like a way to keep yourself safe and healthy at the time Mm -hmm. it was written yeah Mm -hmm. like that's where you get kosher from too because if you think about it like this is super old news i'm sure pork at the time would have been dangerous um i've long had a theory that it was probably like a health reason Mm -hmm. to not have gay sex then Mm mm-hmm when you're like founding a society you want people to have as much procreative sex as possible that's also true it's there was like some skit about that i was telling steven about it at one point um where it was like the day that uh they decided there could be no more samesies the cavemen standing around going guys guys we've uncovered something when we do samesies no babies are born and when no babies are born we become weaker. So, guys, I'm sorry. I know it's fun, but we, we have no more samesies. 
It's like, but but samesies is so much fun. I'm I know I I like samesies too, but we can't be doing it. We don't we can't afford it. Can't afford cannot afford to have gay sex. We cannot no. And that, yeah, I guess that that would be where it all stems from. Yeah. Just like yep, we want as much reproduction as possible so that we can have a yeah. big ass army. <laughs> anyway. Brandon, how's how's the track season going? Or is it are we in the track season? I don't know anything uh, about track. Yeah, we're we're in the track season. It's in spring, and uh, the team had its first meet last weekend, but uh, I didn't go to that one. But uh, this weekend should be my first meet. Nice. Down in Sacramento. Cool. You looking forward? Yeah. Sweet. What event do you do? Uh, this coming meet, I'm gonna run the 5K, but I usually run the 10K, right which on. is 25 laps around the track. If you're not aware. Whoa. That's a lot of running. Yes. Imagine being able to run. I used to, in middle school, do like cross country mm-hmm. and some track stuff, yeah. but you know, that was mostly just at the behest of other people being like, mm-hmm. you should have a sport. I'm like, I guess if I have to. Um, <laughs> okay. And I would just dabble in everything, like just randomly, like, oh, today I feel like throwing a javelin. Yeah. Oh, today yeah. I feel like jumping <laughs> over a thing, like just mm-hmm. fooling around mostly. Yeah, middle school track is the best because, like, I did the softball throw in middle school track. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could never really get into sports in a huge way. It just was like, <laughs> it's got to be like something outdoors and like an actual goal-oriented activity of like, all right, we're go- we're out here to like accomplish this thing, like finish a hike or something like that. Mm-hmm. You have to frame it up like it's an adventure, I think. Mm-hmm. You don't, like, fail your states in your exercise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, when you're standing there, like, on the side of a mountain, like, huffing and puffing, it isn't like you failed or anything. That's just what you do while you're hiking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like in a sport you can lose. <laughs> and then it's like, fuck, I lost. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I just like to get the activity out mm-hmm. however I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Surfing is going to be a good one for that's, that. That's for sure. Yeah, right. Once because you get that board finished up. Real passive, yeah. kind of just go and enjoy yourself. Yeah. If you wipe out, that's part of it in a yeah. way. Yeah. It, is, it is a lot of really intensive mm-hmm. activity as well. Paddling, like, mm-hmm. especially if it's harder to get past the break. It's like, it's a pretty, it's a lot of exercise. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, it's really rewarding though, you know, when you really like, when you get mad pitted, bro. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Just smack the lip. Whoopah. <laughs> <laughs> Drop in. <laughs> yeah, I, Ke- oh. oh, I don't know about Keegan, but on our last surf trip, I worked really hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. Lots that of- nap I took on the beach, <laughs> hardest I've worked. You, you were just visualizing the experience. Yeah. I just, I, I got there and I took a nap. Yeah, that, I mean, that's half the battle anyway. So. But I was really good about putting on my sunscreen. Yeah. Um, this summer, I just want to hang out in, like, Brookings and Crescent City as much as I can and surf it up, you know. Yeah. Try and get, like, okay at doing it by the end of the summer so that then, like, next summer I can go and be like, yeah, I'm a surfer, dude. Yeah, yeah I know how to do this. No problem. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's go. There's, Whoa. like, there's free camping by Crescent City by mm-hmm. that little strip of beach. Yeah. There's nice. a lot of, if you're clever, there's a lot of free camping all over the coast. Yeah. You just mm-hmm. have to kind of uh, find where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Near, but yeah, um, near Crescent City, there is a very specifically good spot for free camping where um, I won't spoil its exact location, but if you're really um, good at snooping around on Google Maps, you'll probably be able to locate it. Um, it's just this like failed plot of, I guess some guy wanted to build like a town of condos. And so we laid out all the roads, but then like didn't have the money to build up any structures. So there's an area north of Crescent City um, that is just all of these like abandoned roads laid out like there's supposed to be a town or a community there, but instead it's just like a forest or and like a few random little habitations where people have either like legally bought property out there and are they're living on it, or they're just like parked. They've parked their bus and that's where they're yeah. staying. Um, and it's totally unmonitored, so the camping is just kind of, like, free. I've, I've gone there a few times and it's pretty cool. hung out. And the beach there is really nice, too. It's yeah. about as nice as any other section of beach. So that'll be a spot that I'm going to try and go and just, like, hang out for days and surf. It ought to be fun. Where are, uh, you, you run a lot. Where are your, like, favorite running spots around here? 
or like hikes. Um, I guess hikes and running spots can be very similar. Yeah. Uh, we have like a few set routes that we go on. Like, so we have like our workout days and we have our easy days and then we have a long run day every Sunday. Mm -hmm. And easy days, I mean, sometimes we'll just go down Siskiyou and then make our way to the bike path and back or, uh, or like go just up through, uh, Lithia Park or something. But the long run days are some of the best, uh, best runs I've gone on where like we'll go up to Mount A and run along the PTC over there, or we'll go up to Green Springs Summit and wow. run along the trails down there. Um, or sometimes we'll just go above Lithia, like on Bandersnatch to White Rabbit or whatever. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys training at higher altitudes trying to like acclimate or uh, is that we, just a coincidence? We mostly stay around here and, uh, yeah, it's, if we do go up higher, it's just because we felt like it. Cool. There's no real meaning behind it. Yeah. I worked for a long time at a ranch that was at a pretty high altitude. And so I got really used to hard work with very, with like less oxygen than normally. Mm -hmm. So then after working that job, I went back to Portland, which is significantly oh, yeah. lower altitude. And I felt like a superhuman down there. <laughs> I was like, really like, wow, everything is really easy. I have so much energy. Like I don't get tired out. And it was all just because of like a major difference in altitude. Yep. Cause central Oregon is really high. Um, and then you go to Portland and it's like, almost on the level of the ocean because mm -hmm. it's on the Willamette River which is flowing into the Columbia which very quickly flows into the ocean mm -hmm. after that so yeah I always just noticed that like whoa so much energy <clears throat> that's more oxygen in your blood hell yeah mm -hmm. what uh <laughs> anybody notice that shit with Instagram and Facebook and whatnot being down today I no. heard about it a little bit but I wasn't on Facebook for most of the afternoon, so I didn't I didn't really experience it. I don't use Facebook, but I use Instagram and just like all day was kind of noticing problems. And then finally this evening, it's like, oh my gosh, this is completely <laughs> not working. And so I looked it up and there's been like a, an outage with everything connected to Facebook. Is that why I couldn't find my micro homestead Instagram account? Probably. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, stories weren't posting and all kinds of things were going on. Like even the Oculus Rift VR system, like people oh, who are yeah. using that network were unable to like log in and download games and stuff, which is really strange. Like that <clears throat> some bug could just affect everything that Facebook has and knock it down. Cause like, they just don't really even have outages of even one thing at a time. Facebook is also under investi investigation from the FBI. Oh gosh. Right now. And so, what for specifically to something to <laughs> do so well you things. guess it information <laughs> you know just yeah. i think just utilizing information in some weird way i don't i don't know the specifics but i mean take a gander take a guess i mean there's so many things that they're doing that they could potentially be under investigation for. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, stealing all the info from everybody and selling it to other corporations. Damn selling you. it to China. Damn selling it to boy. God damn it mark zuckerberg <laughs> i don't know how oh. mm -hmm. i was on reddit earlier today and someone had posted um you know like anti-vax stuff is very popular right now and someone had posted this whole thing about how mark zuckerberg was trying like he took his daughter to be vaccinated and the like whiteboard behind him when he posted a picture of him and his daughter said rump terry rump terry or something like that and this person had taken a screenshot of that and then got into this medieval like folklore about some guy that was really good at charades and tied that all into the fact that mark zuckerberg is being forced by the government to vaccinate his kid but he knows it's bad for her Oh, God. Oh, I love nice. it. Whoa. Have you guys ever, like, looked up the, like, QAnon stuff? Oh, How yeah, that's How people get insane. into these, like, absolutely, like, in, I, 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 look, I looked it up, like, today, because I was kind of wondering, okay, what are these people talking about? And it linked to this image that was this, like, 
insane flowchart that I had to zoom in like 20 times to see like the text and all the things connecting to it. And the only part I remember from it is two lines connecting Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. And above it, it just said, in quotations, the deep state. (laughs) (laughs) Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton alone are the deep state. (laughs) Jeez. It's it's um, like the classic. It's so like, it is like the height of taking advantage of people's like need to look for like patterns. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so oh, many. Yeah, it's, like, it's so like because anything he says, if anything happens after it, like they somehow connect it. You're right. Because he just says random crap, and then it's like, oh, this is what he meant. Oh, yeah. There, there's something. And then half the time, like everyone's predictions about what he means are wrong, because he's not actually predicting anything. Of course, he's just saying things to like fool everyone. I guess it's real dumb. Wait. So to be clear, who are you talking about? Do you not know about the QAnon thing? QAnon. QAnon. Okay. QAnon. Do you know, like, the full story of where it came from? Why don't you tell it? I don't really know it that well. I know at some point... So my understanding of how it started is at some point or another, some guy posted on 4chan, sort of not anonymously, with just the letter Q as his name, I think. I don't understand how 4chan works. (laughs) But after that... But it, he, he claimed to be, like, an insider of the Trump White House. And how and he talked about how, like, they're about to arrest all the Democrats and everyone in Hollywood for, a, like, a pedophile <laughs> ring. And this is just 4chan, where people just, like, shitpost. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, a bunch of people believed him. And so it's kind of gone out of control since then. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, like, I've heard that whenever Trump, like, he'll always reference, like, the... 13 angry Democrats and like Mueller's has his 13 angry Democrats they're coming to investigate me and so they see oh Q is the 13th letter of the alphabet oh my god that means it it, he's Trump knows about it (laughs) so yeah that's that's their justification for it and they're like yeah. people at Trump rallies wearing Q t-shirts and wow. everything yeah holding up Q and on signs it's like flat earther logic yeah mm-hmm. you know, I, I watched that um, that flat earther documentary on Netflix the like beyond the curve or something like yeah. that yeah, yeah. That's and uh, yeah there's this woman who is a part of the flat earth society she's a flat earth podcaster mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and the, I forget her full name, but the initials of her name are CIA. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, no. of course. No, it's, it was it's a, like the last three letters. Her name is Patricia? Yeah. Patricia, and the last yeah. three letters of Patricia are CIA. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that so was like worse. It's even worse. It's yeah, even that's, dumber. That's even like, worse, yeah. Like, if it was like a fake name, then like, even then it's dumb. But Patricia's a name a lot of people have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's a part of the CIA, according to many other flat earthers and she had this moment of like revelation like, like you know clarity. like these people are like making ridiculous conspiracy theories yeah. out of nothing it's kind of like me almost i wonder if that's like me yeah. <laughs> sometimes you're i so wonder close. if that applies to what i believe right there but i know it doesn't yeah <laughs> she it like was, literally it was like it was like, it was like a like a two second pause where she's like nah yeah. <laughs> jesus <laughs> Yeah, people believe some just whack things. At yeah. a certain point, though, yeah. if you're, like, one of those big conspiracy guys, your, like, livelihood depends on you ma- remaining crazy. Yeah. Like, Alex Jones can never back down, even probably yeah. if he wants to, because he's just, like, yeah. that's what he makes his <laughs> money doing. Did you guys hear about him getting, like, super wasted on a live stream? Oh, really? <laughs> it was great. He cried about how he couldn't see his kiss. Oh, <laughs> it's like really messed up. I can't believe he has I kids. I almost feel sorry for him. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's like if without any context, it's like really sad. But when you know who it is, it's like ah, oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. You you were crazy on air. Like you ought to be careful on air, man. Don't well, don't say some strange shit. His ex-wife also alleged that he was violent towards her and the kids during mm. their divorce. Yeah, and like, like she, his yeah. his argument back was, oh, I'm just playing a character. This isn't really me. No, wasn't it? That was his lawyer's thing. Yeah. And he said, like, no, it's not. (laughs) And his lawyer's like, shut up. (laughs) No, I think it was, like, 
She said that he was violent towards her, and people were like, well, with the way his show goes, of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then he said, well, you can't bring my show into it because that's just me playing a character. But that doesn't really address the domestic violence allegations. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't. And it's also, like, takes credibility away from his show, which... He wants credibility, right? Right. He want he. I mean, he sells it as nonfiction. Yeah. <clears throat> and he sells a bunch of other stuff on that show. Yeah. I didn't realize until like a couple months ago that like his show is four hours long, and twenty five percent of it is dedicated to selling like vitamin supplements and mm-hmm. tactical taint wipes and stuff. Um, yeah. This family I used to work with was super into Alex Jones, and like right when I met them. They, I was there for six hours one day, and there was an Alex Jones live stream going on for 24 hours, oh. and they decided to watch the whole thing. Jeez. So um, I sat in their living room playing with their kids, and they were watching the Alex Jones live stream, 24 hours straight, totally fine. Um, they were also really into Alex Jones to the point that they had um, his um, brain supplement, Brain Force for Men. And Brain Force for Women. Separate products. Um, (laughs) Bought separately. Yes, they purchased them, and um, they they swore by them. They said that they felt so much more, like, on top of things when they took their supplement. Um, Which I'm a big believer in supplements, but I'm pretty sure Alex Jones is probably just caffeine. (laughs) Yeah. All of it's probably just, like pretty common things that appear in most foods you know mm-hmm. disclaimer I'm not a doctor and this does not constitute medical <laughs> advice <laughs> oh my favorite part about his show if you can have a favorite part is uh, that one of the people like his like correspondents or contributors or whatever that he brings on the show sometimes like says he's a doctor or like says he's like this mm-hmm. a graduate from this certain college and uh He's been to that college, and that's it. <laughs> no, it's, he went the, there. Uh, it's the classic thing. If you ever see, like, one of those bullshit supplement things... Sorry, I interrupted you, Keegan. But if you ever see, like, a doctor, like, uh, you know, selling supplements, unless it's, like, Dr. Oz, who's, like, an actual brain surgeon, he's still selling crap, yeah. to be clear, but... It, make sure the doctor isn't a chiropractor because that's not a real doctor. Yep. <laughs> lots of doctors or lots of chiropractors just slap that doctor in front yeah. of their name and it gives them so much power to tell people all kinds of things. Well, I'm a doctor. My, my name is Dr. Uh, Jeff mm-hmm. Jefferson and I I can prescribe you this, this supplement. I, I suggest this supplement as Dr. Jeff Jefferson. <laughs> my, my mom's um, good friend is a massage therapist and a doula so she ch- changed her name on facebook to have her like le- i think it's like lmp licensed massage practitioner in her name the way that like phds sign she added it and i was like i don't really get that <laughs> um just adding like not even a phd would do that on their facebook facebook's for like Dicking around. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Um, also, I'm not sure about the legitimacy. me. I know, like, some chiropractic is bullshit. I'm sure some of it's real. So saying they're not real doctors kind of feels gatekeepy, but they're not, like... They didn't go to medical school, is the point. Well, yeah. PhDs don't go to medical school, but they still get to be called doctor. Well, they didn't go to, like, graduate school either. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. They went to chiropractic school, usually. But if, like, a chiropractor also has a PhD or, like, some sort of thing... And oh. happens to practice chiropractory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do we call them doctor? I don't know. Well, usually we do, we don't say like, if I got a PhD in ornithology. Dude, just, just <laughs> chill. Dog. Um, if I got a, you, you don't say, oh, he's a doctor. You say he's an ornithologist. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. would, yeah. It, but I would but, still address you as like Doctor Kenny. Yeah, but I guess it's. I don't know. Doctor's sort of a weird title. Yeah. It's not, like, doctor can be a, what's the term? Like a, a title? Su- like a title, but it can also be, like, an occupation, and those two things oh, are kind of yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, chiropractors, it's like, chiropractic is real, like, they, all, you know, it can, like, fix your back and, like, help your posture and, like, mm-hmm. get rid of a lot of pain, but 
a lot of chiropractors like upsell it so much. They're like, I can cure your cancer with a correction. Um, Or like, you got some HIV? Like, I can let that up. I got it. (laughs) Speaking of pseudoscience, (laughs) this woman I babysit for um, is an anti-vaxxer, which I didn't know when I got the job. And she's a hardcore anti-vaxxer. Um, I'm getting ready to quit, so I'm totally comfortable talking about this. <laughs> because she, um, when I got the job, she misled me about how vaccinated her kid is. And then her kid recently started an evaluation process that might be caused, and by might be, I mean I'm anti-vaxxers' heads, by vaccines, according to anti-vaxxers. So, um... Now she'll acknowledge what her kid has, but only because she um, wants to further the anti-vax agenda. <laughs> and she's talking about moving out of Oregon and renting me her house without asking if I wanted to, because Oregon might pass mandatory vaccinations. And then on top of that, today she was a half hour, she was 45 minutes late getting home so I could leave because she got in a fight with the receptionist at the doctor's office about whether or not vaccines caused autism. Oh, God. <laughs> really worth being late over. Yeah. Ah, let me, let me fight this battle. <laughs> Thank God I didn't have anywhere yeah. important to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than back with your family. Oh, well. <laughs> My doggy. Yeah. Um, we found a lost dog. Do you want to talk about this, that, Sydney? Yeah, yeah. so... Keegan lives in a trailer park, and it's a nice trailer park. Very, very fancy. Uh, No, it isn't. The neighbors drive this beautiful, completely quiet truck that never squeaks. (laughs) Hey, I mean, if the Mormons are willing to come down here, it can't be that bad. We are often visited by Mormons, (laughs) who are wonderful. They won't shake my hand, though. Um, But on Tuesday, I was driving down the street in the trailer park, and... One of the very loud trucks was driving towards me, and I saw a dog in front of my car, so I pulled over and grabbed her. <laughs> and she's this little tiny dachshund. We've named her Schnopsy, and she's very cute, very energetic, kind of a little shit. Yeah, she keeps pooping on the ground in my house, which yeah. isn't fun. And um, yeah. What can it- Just to be clear, they, they took her to a vet, Oh yeah. looked for a chip. She doesn't have one. Yeah, yeah we we did. Posters. We have gone through all the procedures yeah. in order to return a dog to its home, and uh, I desperately want someone to get back to me <laughs> about that. We called the shelter and told them that we had this dog, and I filed a found dog report. Um, we don't want a dog. Yeah. We have so little interest in having a dog. Um, but we're doing an okay job taking care of her. I gave her a bath today. We fed her. Keegan took her on a walk yesterday. We took her to the lake today. Yeah, so she's she's been happy. She's uh, living the dream. Oh yeah, right now she's very happy. Yeah, she um pretty exclusively cares only for belly rubs and like at all times that's all she's asking for. She just turns on her back and looks at you and kind of like if you're not belly rubbing her, she'll like desperately moan and grunt like oh, please, oh god, please belly rub me. Oh she only behaves when I'm home though. That's also true. And whenever Sydney leaves, um, she just becomes impossible, like really, really hard to deal with uh, by myself. Like, Like, she'll lay down in the kitchen when I'm cooking, eats the broccoli I drop, fine, whatever. Um, But she just, she's super good when I'm here. She hasn't pooped in the house since I got home. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I like her. Um, I just don't have time for a dog (laughs) or the money. Yeah, dogs are expensive. Hopefully, somebody gets back to us soon about it. Yeah, and uh, she she will go back through the interdimensional portal that she appeared from. I have had two people message me on Facebook um, because I posted just a vague, "Hey, I found a dog." Message me a description if you find if your dog is missing. And I had two people message me. One was looking for like a rat terrier. Um. And the other was looking for a King Charles Cavalier. <laughs> and for a while, I thought she might be part Cocker, but she's not the dog they were looking for. They sent me a picture. Very cute dog, but not this one. Yeah. Poor pupper. She's, 
she doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's pretty pretty neutral on the whole situation, as far as I can tell. Yeah, as long as someone gives her belly rubs. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Doesn't matter who. She may have pulled me down a hill earlier. The details are a little fr- fuzzy, but... Yeah, oh god. Yeah, at the lake, Sydney had a little bit of a wipeout. Yeah, <laughs> fell hard enough, I locked my left knee. Yikes. Yup. Good talk. Yeah, Keegan and I had to chase her down um, uh, after you left Sydney <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, we, she escaped again, actually. And we were we were opening the door to let in this other cat that likes to visit very frequently. Her name is Mary Jane, and um, <laughs> Schnapsy just took off. She just just ran through, went under this little gap under the fence, and we were just like, ah! Yeah, the gate <laughs> she, wasn't opening she, for me. I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Gotta go. Ah. <laughs> and yeah. so she like disappeared briefly, and then I, <laughs> I saw her kind of like, rummaging around, um, in the trailer's bot- behind Keegan's, and I was like, oh, there she is. <laughs> not surprised and, she's lost at all. <laughs> not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, I've been keeping this harness on her for a while. I was putting it on and taking it off every time we had to go outside, but it makes it easier to grab her when <clears throat> I open the door, mm-hmm. or um. At night, if I have to take her out to go potty, uh, I don't want to have to deal with getting myself dressed, getting her on a harness, and then take her outside. On a related note, my cats hate her. Yeah. Um, this is the best behaved. Um, right now, the cat, my cat Pickles, is just casually chilling. Um, the trick is to not let Schnopsy see him, because Schnopsy gets excited and wants to play with Pickles. And Pickles is not into it. Now you're yeah. probably I'm actually We're schnauzy. actually in a little bit of a danger zone right now as we oh, speak. Yeah. I am holding Pickles. Um, Gosh, yeah. The, cat. the animals and are now wanting access to each other. <laughs> it looks like they want to fight. For a, so I'm, for just a gonna, I'm just going to toss him toss him down there. You go, big boy. <laughs> Pickles yeah, is a bit of a chonker. Pickles weighs 17 pounds oh. at last check. Um, he's, oh shoot, um, he's my better behaved cat, um, as in he hasn't fought Mary Jane, but he is my worst behaved cat because he keeps trying to fight Schnopsy, but Boots just kind of sits near him, you know? Yeah, Boots is a casual curious one. Also, Schnopsy just took off her harness. <sighs> what a bitch. Is he vomiting? No. <laughs> then vomits. Vomits on our only sheets. Oh, that would be perfect. Mm-hmm. Man. But, yeah. You know, Brandon, one thing I just thought up, um, kind of a non sequitur, but just with like all the running you do around the Rogue Valley, um, you come across a lot of like really interesting places. You know, you oh, just yeah. find a lot of strange places. Yeah, it's pretty um, cool. <laughs> a few. I'm sure you have a few in mind that you might want to. Yeah. Devil. Well, uh, we uh, we found a cave uh, one time. Oh. It was actually a uh, an old mine. It's called Lamb Mine, and uh, it's uh, if you go like just up Ashland Loop Road, um, uh, it, there's like this trail that goes off to the right, and just like probably like 200 meters down the trail is the entrance, and uh, it's all barred up. But um, uh, you can like squeeze through, and it goes back like probably, probably about like half a mile. Whoa! And uh, it's it's really cool. I want to see it. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. How should... far from here is it? Um, not too far. The easiest way is probably to go park um at the beginning of the toothpick trailhead. Okay. You know where that is, and then just uh hike down that for like. Probably like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then yeah. you'll get there. Yeah, it's just up Tolman Creek Road if you you drive up that. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's... There's a lot of abandoned area. mines in Oregon. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole west, really, but mm-hmm. um, Oregon has a bunch of hot spots for them, and southern Oregon, kind of around here, is one of those where there's yeah. just... If you go wandering around in the right parts of certain mountain ranges and like the bumpy hills you'll just run across like a collapsed mine entrance from like 100 150 years ago yeah you know, oh, 200 yeah. years ago even yeah talking, some, of them, some of them are just really really old mm-hmm. yeah yeah talking to my um archaeology professor last term like 
it's it's been a common thing in the past in um, Jacksonville for like people's backyards to just cave in oh. from like abandoned <laughs> gold mines just going under under neighborhoods. What's really interesting is a lot of abandoned gold mines um, that have been abandoned even for a very long time still have quite a bit of gold left in them um, because yeah. that's sort of the thing. It's like with any resource, there comes a point where it's not like worth extracting anymore because it becomes harder to dig than yeah. the price that it can currently <laughs> be sold for. And so there are some places where there actually is once again valuable gold in these old sites because like the economics has changed and now if you were to go and harvest that gold it would be valuable enough that you could sell it as being like fresh gold <coughs> into the market make well, some money uh, back land mine was a gold mine yeah so. <clears throat> um yeah like you can go online and there's all kinds of auctions for like mine sites that used to be really big back in the 1800s and early 1900s and then have been abandoned for a long time and like forgotten and then somebody like finds that they own a claim to something and they're like whoa i am rich and they they sell it off you know just being like yep there's like this chance that you'll find gold here and make even more money than i will <laughs> yeah that happened to my little sister she found that she was the owner of a gold cl claim no <laughs> not at all i'm lying what happened Nothing. Oh, okay. Kelly's 15. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I love exploring old mines. It's yeah, just, it, it's really cool. Yeah, it's a spooky feeling because they can collapse and kill you in all kinds of weird ways. Yeah, <laughs> very, very claustrophobic vibes mm -hmm. yeah. in there. I had, mm -hmm. uh, like, the second week this term, I went up there. Um, I'm in, like, digital audio foundations here. Mm -hmm. And uh, went up there all by myself to record, like... 30 seconds to a minute of just ambient cave sounds. Nice. It was really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Getting into there and then like shutting up and being quiet. Yeah. It's like, whoa, it's quiet just and just super yeah. dark and everything. Yeah. Do caves have an ambient sound? Yeah. Yeah, like water dripping and just like, I don't know, air moving throughout it. There's always kind of like a blowing breezy sort of noise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't make a habit of climbing into <coughs> caves. Oh, you should. <laughs> <laughs> It's so safe. Yeah. I'm buying you. Oh, go ahead. I'm buying all of you a canary for Christmas. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought about it. I thought maybe I should get a canary for this. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, well, what I was gonna say is, uh, um, one of my like one of the most interesting things I find about caves is that when people like get lost deep in a cave, and like their headlamp shuts off or whatever. <coughs> they'll like your brain will start to kind of hallucinate hmm. and just you'll think you'll see very vague outlines of rocks and everything it's like you're like oh there must be a light somewhere yeah. very far away but it's not it's just your brain seeing quote unquote uh these things and so people will just get even more lost because they're just going about trying to find the exit to this cave Jeez. so it sounds like your visual sensory cortex might be active even though your visual cortex isn't maybe maybe that <laughs> oh some neurosci <laughs> yeah um we'll have to ask our behavioral neuroscience teacher tomorrow yeah. i know too i mean even just like like waking up early or just early in the morning when i have to like go to the bathroom or something i'll get out of my apartment and it's really dark and you just you see like your mind just like make shapes of things you know that may yeah. not mm -hmm. be there so sometimes i'll like see people like you know i might see an outline like oh that looks like a person but i'm like no of course not yeah there's but, like uh, a, a lava tube somewhere near sun river oregon where if you get down to the bottom and then turn off all your lights like there isn't any sunlight of any yeah. kind no ambience whatsoever like it's dark <clears throat> mm -hmm. and that will happen where suddenly it's like hallucinations of like all these colors yeah. and you're like whoa like, whoa I, why am i seeing all these things yeah. in the corners of my eyes it's, it's impossible essentially like natural primary like a prime like a natural sensory deprivation tank yeah that's kind of what that is it's oh, just yeah, like yeah. very little like or at least very little visual input at mm -hmm. least and probably auditory input and so there's you're just yeah you know your mind just has to fill it in with something you know it was pretty cool it's a 
fairly um, heavily hiked trail like through the cave. It's pretty popular. Um, and so we knew being in the bottom that pretty soon there'd be other people. So we just waited down there until somebody else showed up because we wanted to like see the first light of their flashlights. And it's really weird when you're down there and then like someone's light just sort of sweeps around the corner mm-hmm. and it's really, really bright all of a sudden. It's like the sun is illuminating it. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Um, like if you're in a cave for a long time with no light and then you light a match, it'll like fill, it'll be enough to see everything you need to do. Oh, it yeah, would be yeah. enough light to write by that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Cause your eyes have just adjusted so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. I do know that like flashlights are called that cause they used to do just that. They just flashed and huh. that gave you like brain enough to like, Oh yep. I know the entire, oh, what this wow. cave looks like now. Cause <laughs> when that's all it's getting, it's like, Oh, I can make use of that. I think that's what they took with them to the moon, actually. Like, mm. they had those kinds of flash beam sort of flashlights where mm-hmm. if they were in, like, the the shadow of a crater or something and it's, like, no light whatsoever. Because, like, on the moon there is no ambient light because the atmosphere mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. diffract it. If you're in a shadow, yeah. it's completely dark. Yeah. Um, and so, like, in that situation, I guess for whatever reason, they found it would be better to use, like, a poof, mm-hmm. poof kind of light where, like, every five seconds it flashes really really bright and they can like get a full look around and then that paints enough of a mental image yeah and then you can keep moving i'm pretty sure like swat teams or like like tactical military operations they in in the dark they won't like keep their lights on the whole time they'll just like flash it every couple of seconds mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's because i guess thing. that's disorienting sure. to the yeah. enemy as well mm-hmm. you know yeah um my friend Lewis, one day in high school, he brought in just the flash off of a camera that he had, like, taken apart. Um, and so he had, like, this little light bulb that if he, like, flicked this one metal mechanism, it would go, like, poof, like, really bright. And he was using it to stun people. He'd be like, hey, look right into this. Poof. You'd be like, ah, ah, I can't see anything. <laughs> Probably really, really great for our eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I had one of those, like, fire alarm speakers that... You, oh, God, little dog. Um, that you can press a button and it makes, like, an ear-shatteringly high-pitched noise. Oh, like, yeah. pew! Really bright. Or not bright, but really loud. Um so the combination of those two things was a stun gun. Like yeah. you get a like put that in somebody's face and set it off. It's like boom! You can't. You're like sensory deprived for a few seconds. It was cool. That stuff is fun. <clears throat> well, anybody read any good books recently? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I read this. Uh, really interesting science fiction called origin Ooh. and it's about um it's about this uh scientist it's kind of like scientist slash like very brilliant entrepreneur that has been able to predict a lot of like trends in technology and mm. society and he holds this big conference where he makes these really really big predictions about like where the next step in human evolution is and also like where basically how like life was created and it's very it's incredibly fascinating and it also pulls from a lot of like real science as well Um, it goes into like the primordial soup and um basically like a lot of like um like complex carbohydrates i think or no um complex something (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) floating around in the ocean and how yeah organic molecules organic molecules yeah yeah that whole turned into life that whole Mm -hmm. predicting the future thing reminds me a lot of psychohistory from the foundation series by isaac asimov where like he breaks down exactly that like trends in human technology and society and he breaks all of this stuff down into like equations that he's able to use in order to like very accurately predict what like the mass of humanity will do. And it follows like really interesting rules. Like you can't do it on individuals. It has to be like a group of people of over a billion or more. That's like, you can't predict the actions of smaller (laughs) groups of people than that. But what he does is like, he makes all of these 
um, calculations, and he finds out that the Galactic Empire is going to collapse in 300 years. Um, and so the whole story is like about um, him trying to set up sort of a way that will make the difference because what he predicts is that the empire will collapse and then it'll be a period of darkness and chaos lasting 30,000 years before there will be like another golden age. And he comes up with this big plan to like steer human events so that that dark age will only be a thousand years compared to three, uh, 30,000. Mm-hmm. So the whole story is about like this organization trying to like keep mode, you know, like swaying human events so that the calculations will work out properly that there will be a, a new empire much sooner. And it's just, it's a really, really, like, wow. interesting story. And it gets really deep into, like, how the predictions work. And then sometimes things disrupt the predictions. Um, and they have to, like, recalculate everything. And they're like, fuck, it's not going to work anymore unless we adjust these things. And it, it was just like, yeah, I love those sorts of stories of, like, what if we can predict everything we're going to do from here mm-hmm. on out? It's pretty interesting. I haven't read. I haven't really been reading too many books recently. But recently, I think Google decided that I should read a specific book. I don't know if you guys ever get this, where it seems like Google or YouTube decides, "I'm gonna make. I'm gonna really strongly recommend a book to this person." <laughs> and it'll start recommending like a bunch of like book reviews for a book or for a movie or a TV show. Right. And I got that for a book called House of Leaves. Oh. I'm familiar with that book. It's weird. Yeah, yeah it's the the idea of the book. I think is the story isn't really in the book. The book is like an object in the story, huh. and you kind of get the story from, like it. It has like a bunch of writings from different characters, drawings from different characters. Cool. I don't know the full premise because I actually kind of want to read it now. It's it sounds cool. It's really interesting. I haven't read it, but um, forever ago I had a roommate who read it, mm-hmm. and. Um, <coughs> She said that it's formatted really weirdly because mm. um, the text, you know, for a while you'll be reading it and it's like written like a normal book and then it just flips mm. and you're supposed to read like the margin. Mm. Um, so instead of being a normal book with like margins, it's like, and here's this doodle and you have to read all the text wrapping around <laughs> the doodle. Mm. Huh. Um, so it's like a clue book almost you're like solving a mystery using the evidence contained therein i think so i cool i'm i'm thinking of getting it yeah i think it was good my roommate got frustrated with the way it was formatted and stopped reading what was that book series it reminds me of um there was a book series that was always like advertised really hard at those book 39 clues 39 clues oh my god (laughs) and how just like yeah, it was like a live mystery that kept happening book to book. You had to go online yeah. sometimes to find things. Mm-hmm. It was I cool. think I got one of the books, and it came with like a pack of cards. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> I never read the book or like did anything with the mystery. Yeah, it like never really caught me either. Yeah. My brother was really into it. Mm-hmm. I read like the first three or four or something when I was a kid, but like it was like... They, the characters get one clue after each book, mm. and then it's like, there's going to be 39 of these books. <laughs> I can't stay with it that long. Yeah, I can't imagine committing to anything for God. 39 of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my We're God. getting divorced after 38 years. Probably. <laughs> you know what? The only thing I ever wanted at those book fairs were the spy gadgets. <laughs> yeah. I really liked the pencils. All the stuff you can just get at Dollar Tree for a dollar, but there it's like fifteen dollars because it's the book fair and it's educational, mom. It's educational. Yeah, I also wanted the video games. Yeah, I wanted Lego Racer. In sixth grade, um, there was a whole ring of girls stealing from the book fair, and it was like probably wouldn't have been a thing except I tattled. Uh, I wasn't in the ring, which is probably why I tattled. I was jealous. Oh my gosh, I I totally could have just stolen from the book fair. No one would have noticed. No one. But But of course, at that age, stealing is impossible. Like, it's impossibly (laughs) illegal. Well, like, no, this one girl stole from the book fair, and I tattled on her, and then she got suspended for, like, three days, and her friends all beat me up in PE. Oh, Oh, wow. (laughs) It was really bad. Her mom was the basketball coach, so she still had to go to the basketball game and watch. Oh, no. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, I got to go home early, though. Yeah, Snitches get stitches. God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That girl also um, 
Like, one of her friends stabbed me with a pencil one time by accident. I had a kid like that in my um, eighth grade class. I still have the graphite in my hand. Oh, me, wow. I, got, I have graphite from one of my pencil stabbing adventures. Yeah, <laughs> apparently it's really common. Yeah. Because um, it's really hard to get out. Yeah, and it just it doesn't break down. I like, told the... Mm. I told the teacher's aide, and she was like, it's fine, whatever. And I was like, it's really in there. One time in Mr. Baker's woodshop class in middle school. <laughs> thank this you is, for volunteering. The, <laughs> thank you for volunteering, Mr. Baker would always say. Yes. Um, well, one time in Mr. Baker's class, which is where these sorts of things always would happen, this one kid told another kid, like, hey, I bet you're not badass enough to stand, to stab me in the hand with a pencil. And he, like, slapped his hand down on the desk. <laughs> and the other kid, without hesitating, just takes his pencil, like, whap! <laughs> and just, like, sinks it into this dude, like, the top of this dude's hand. Jeez. It goes all the way through into the table. Like, he makes a hole in this guy's hand. <laughs> and, of course, it's, like, screaming and blood and, like, oh, oh my, my god! god. <laughs> um, Oh, man. And like the kid gets suspended and then he comes back and everyone's just like, why did you stab that guy in the hand? It was like, he asked me to. He told me that I wasn't strong enough to do it. So I did it. <laughs> oh, my. Oh. You won't stab me. Quote from man stab. <laughs> come on. What are you going to do? Stab me? Keegan and I have this running joke that um, the whole joke is local man convinced by wife that cat can pee in the toilet <laughs> because one time my cat peed in the toilet but no one else has seen him do it mm-hmm. <laughs> and he did it like three times actually it was right after he had his bladder infection he started using the toilet <laughs> i don't believe it all right i like had trouble <laughs> believing it and then i saw videos on the internet of cats doing it mm-hmm. so they do it there's a precedent for cats being able to use the toilet i and think I think you can train them yeah well you can and i have a training kit for it I just haven't gotten around to it because I only have one toilet in my house. Oh, yeah. So the way the kit works, basically you put a pan mm-hmm. over the toilet and you fill it with litter. So that's their litter box. And then you get like a smaller and smaller pan. So there's a hole in the middle and it's like fine unless you like me have to use the same toilet as your cat mm-hmm. because then you have to move the litter every time you want to pee. Mm-hmm. And I'm not interested. That would be very annoying. Like every time you have to use the bathroom, like middle of the night, like oh, gotta disassemble yeah. this gadget. Yeah. Like the whole novelty of like having your cat like pee in the toilet is them like into the toilet, like not like nothing, just like standing like on the rim of mm-hmm. the toilet, and just mm-hmm. doing their business. I would. I think that's what the training device like gets them to do eventually. Okay. Like then you can take it away and mm-hmm. they continue using it because they've gotten it in their head. Yeah, that's yeah, what they do. Yeah. You shape Obviously, the behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So you start that with them sense. peeing near the toilet mm-hmm. and like peeing like while standing on the toilet but into litter. Yep. And then like slowly less and less litter until there's none. But um, there's some downsides like the fact that like cats, you know, instinctively try to cover their litter. Um, and the fact that if you travel now, like you have to hope that wherever you're staying, will let your cat use their toilet. And I don't think your parents would let my cat use their toilet. Probably not. Well, my parents have, my parents have three toilets. It wouldn't be a problem. My parents will let their cat, my cat use their toilet. And also if you have to go to the vet, the vet doesn't have a toilet, (laughs) you know, they're not going to let them use the toilet there. (laughs) Yeah. So they'd forget how to use a litter box. They might. Oh, geez. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, in this one video, a cat freaking poops in the toilet and then is like about to walk away, and the owner holding the camera is like, hey, flush. The cat like turns around and <laughs> flushes the toilet. <laughs> Who doesn't know how to flush the toilet after they had it? I can't. That's oh. Irish. Disgusting! Disgusting! <laughs> Disgusting! <laughs> and that's one of those videos. Um, that I don't know how it found its way yeah. onto the internet because like then did they it. post it like yeah. that horribly embarrassing moment <laughs> was it being live streamed yeah but it, it didn't seem like a live stream mm-hmm. it was just really it's a great video though it's the <laughs> finest piece of Scottish culture <laughs> divine remember that Irish guy I went out with no oh I went out with this Irish guy last year twice went on two dates um, the first one we got coffee totally normal guy second one he invited me back to his place so i was like yeah okay got there the man owned no furniture (laughs) like i'm not even talking like mattress on the floor because we have a mattress on the floor he didn't own a mattress (laughs) he had a mattress pad 
And I, um, I knew he had moved recently, so I figured it was related to that. And I made a comment along those lines, and he was like, no, I spend all my money on records. And he literally had a vinyl collection um, that he said was worth about three grand. Um, it was all, like, shit that you could find on Spotify. <laughs> but um, there was, like, a mint condition Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club in there. Which was pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Um, and probably made up most of the value, honestly. But, um, yeah, dude was super weird and wouldn't leave me alone after because I was like, I'm not going to stay here and you're kind of boring. And we spent two hours watching, um, like, the video of a Father John Misty concert, which, like, not a bad way to spend two hours, but also not a good way to bond. So I left. Uh, he texted me every two minutes for like three days and I was trying to come up with a gentle way to let him down when he went ahead and called me a bitch. So I just went ahead and blocked him. <laughs> Hashtag nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Mm, like damn, when you won't give me time to respond to your last text, it's hard to respond. Yeah. Uh, having no furniture is a wacky situation. Mm -hmm. Man, no. <laughs> you gotta have furniture. Some furniture. Yeah. I do like the idea of living inside like a concrete cube with a bed in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just a prison cell. I like the idea of living in a prison cell. <laughs> but, yeah. Kenny wants to live in prison. What are what are the advantages? Uh, really don't got a lot of distractions. <laughs> I like that idea. Where it's just like, you know, this is my uh, this is my my creation. <laughs> like, there's nothing. I like. I don't like the idea of being locked in a prison cell, mind you. <laughs> you want to be able to come and go as you please. Yeah. I wonder if you could just go ask the Jackson County Prison if they'd like rent to you yeah. one of the cells. But like, hey, like let me like w you know walk around freely. I have solved Oregon's housing crisis and our budget at the same time. Mm -hmm. We close the prison, and we rent out the various different cells in there that's like all time like low for society like <laughs> yeah the the housing situation isn't know. working out so everyone's living in prison yeah. and paying yeah. for it <laughs> i would pay 400 dollars a month rent a I, room in prison i think that renting rooms in a prison like realistically probably would be like it would be a miserable environment one way or the other because like it's all cell it's very crammed right it's really I like crammed the, i like the idea of living on like in like a concrete cube like in the, down forest. the street <laughs> or in the forest yeah that would be a, an in interesting a dwelling yeah. yeah just a bunker in the forest yeah mm -hmm. we should build a bunker there's probably property around here that you can buy that has a doomsday bunker yeah. of some kind on it. If you just had like a bunker it. in the forest that was like in the ground, no one would ever find you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the premise of the lovely bones. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I haven't heard, read the book, but I understand the premise. It's a, um, it's a horrible movie. Mm -hmm. um, both cinematography wise and plot wise. Hmm. Do, have you seen the lovely bones? No. Uh, the whole premise is that this man is a pedophile and he builds an underground bunker and lures this little girl there. She's like 12 and kills her. And then like the rest of the story is weirdly told from like the book at least is told from this girl who had a crush on her's perspective of like the aftermath. I don't remember the movie because it's shot really weird. I thought the book was like from the perspective of the murdered. Hmm. And the movie's from the perspective of, like, this interesting afterlife, and I yeah. think she's also, like, communicating with some girl that's, like... She's communicating with the girl that liked her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I, I often think about, like, places that you could hide that would be unfindable, mm -hmm. um, and, like, just in the middle of the forest is a pretty good place to go. Like, I built a shack in the middle of the forest where it, like, without knowing where it is, it would be pretty dang hard to just stumble upon it. Because there's a lot of forest and not very much of the shack, so just the odds are on your side. Yeah. But especially if, like, instead of it being an above-ground building, you had just a hatch that went yeah. down into, like, an oh. underground lair, and nothing is around the hatch. Like, you just have to know, like, it's between that rock and that tree. You go to the middle of there, and... 
you know, brush aside the leaves, there's a hatch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, like, no one ever would find it. Ever. My, uh, I think my favorite underground bunker entrance is uh, from the movie Red mm-hmm. with uh, Bruce Willis and John Oh, Walker. yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, like, they go down to Louisiana to, to go get John Malkovich's character, and uh, he, like, walks over. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take you to the house. And they, like, pass by the house and go to this old, like, broken down uh, VW bug that's on blocks and everything. Yeah. And lifts open the hood and there's just a ladder going like 20 feet down to this bunker. <laughs> I've always wanted to have an underground hideout. Oh, yeah. It'd be so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to have... I just like hideouts. The idea of yeah. them is so much fun. Like, oh my god. Yeah. A secret place you can store all your secret things. Mm-hmm. Store lots of weapons for when the revolution comes. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I think we've we've nearly hit an hour, so we might want to to wrap it up here. Brandon, you want to play us out on that jaw harp? Yeah, sure. All Wait. Right. Oh, what? If any of you lost a puppy, oh yeah, yes. please contact us. If we anyone, don't want her. She's <laughs> red. Um, loves belly rubs. Just always on her back. Um, please contact us we don't want her <laughs> i won't i won't give out a phone number on this format but there's you can probably find uh contact information elsewhere with that you wanna let's let's get yeah. some jaw harp action going thanks for joining us on the shoebox show this has been a good time we had a nice chat here brandon brandon uh uh kelsey, Ch- kelsey. Is, was our guest. Uh, Stephen Pupele is here as well. Kenny Carter and Sydney Cook. I've been Keegan Van Hook. What's that? Oh, yeah, and of course, Schnopsy was here as well. Pickle, pickles came in every now and then. You may have heard them panting and having their little their little battles. Uh, with that, uh, please join us again next time. and Have a good uh, rest of your week.